Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 80. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free. We have a lot of really great rewards for patrons as well. So check out our patron site over at The Dad Chronicle as well. Now, today we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, I am actually handing over the reins to a dear friend of mine, somebody who has been on this show, uh, Joe Hood. Joe, are you there? Hello, Joe. I there am is. here. I am here, Alex. I'm excited to continue my new career as a substitute for Alex LBC. <laughs> okay, so so for those of you listening, you're like, wait, what's going on? Uh, we had a great suggestion from somebody in the Dad Chronicle community. Shout out to Eric, who is a new dad himself. He actually suggested, and this was uh, this was widely um, appreciated from the rest of the community. They said he said, you know. I want to hear from you on what your experience has been being a dad since starting this show. If you have been following this show for a while, you know kind of my story at this point. But I think that uh, there's some opportunity for me to shed some light on maybe some of the things that I uh, have learned. So who better to interview me than somebody that I look up to as a great interviewer? Joe Hood from America's Next Top Podcast, or one of my teammates over there. So, Joe, thanks for for doing this. This is this is going to be fun. Thank you, Alex. You know how to get me to come back. You just compliment me every time when we start up. It's great. Hey, it's um, it's it's totally genuine, man. I love you to death, and I think that uh, <laughs> that you do a really great job. And uh, there's a new episode of of the ANTP interviews um, that'll be out if it's not out already. That uh, where where you interview me on my experience. Uh, in that show. And I was like, you know what? That was great. Let's do it again. So here we yeah. are. I'm looking forward to interview, interviewing you about video games in the future. Yeah, uh, well, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> all about um, it. Well, let's get on to the, the work of today instead of just uh, hanging out. We can do that off the microphone. Yeah. Um, so like you said, I looked at the questions you sent me and took a look back at some of your episode over the past three years. And we're going to center around a theme of, you know, what have you learned as a dad because of the Dad Chronicle? But before we get into that, uh, just a, an update to ground us in where you are right now. So tell us about uh, what's up with Aria, what's up with Deanna, where you are at this moment in time as a dad. Ooh, okay, right now we're dealing with the transition, and I've kind of talked about this in the past, but this transition of toddler to kid, like, like Aria's a kid and that's weird. Um, she's not a baby anymore, man. It, so Deanna and I will sit there and it really, it's every night where we watch her and, she, and we're like having conversations with her now. Uh, we're watching the way she interacts with us and others. And it's just this constant evolution day in and day out. So even when you guys hear this episode, it's going to actually change a bit. So like she's going to evolve even more and more. So the seat that I'm at now is that, you know, it's just a constant, uh, I'm mind blownness uh, around what Aria is doing. Like things that like, I just never imagined having like this kid that was a baby and I was holding her all the time to, you know, we're playing chase around the house and, and, Tickle Monster and like all these other things. Um, and then, you know, on another side of the spectrum, watching Deanna be an amazing mom um, and having a ton of fun with Aria, like it's just this constant evolution. And sometimes we look at the situation like, oh, I miss having a small baby. And every once in a while, we're like, yeah, you ready to have another kid? And yeah, that'll definitely come like in the future. Uh, but but what we try to do is really slow down and and realize that yeah things are changing so quickly, and because of that we should really embrace the time that we're in today, watching Arya grow so much and not really think about oh, I miss that you know what I mean like it's kind of a a weird situation because we do want to have two kids eventually but it's uh we're really just trying to enjoy today. Yeah, I remember one of the things you said in an early solo episode was someone told you dadhood was a series of lasts. Right? This is the last time I'm going to give a bottle. This is the last time I'm going to see a first 
word. This is a last. And it sounds like what you're saying there is if you've moved past that as a regret stage, but into like celebrating like every moment is a, a first and a last and, and being present is a key driver. Yeah. You actually brought something up that I hadn't thought about in a while. Um, and thanks for helping me reflect on that and become sad about it again. That's fine. But <laughs> you're welcome. It really if you're is not the- depressed by the end of this, then I'm not doing my job. <laughs> no, um, it really is, no. though. I mean, that's that's so true. It, but uh, you're right. I think that I'm looking at it in a bit of a different light. There's, it's not mm-hmm. so much a sad thing. Like, yeah, it's sad to watch your kid grow up, and you're and you're not gonna be able to uh, hold her in your arms like you did when she was a little infant. But at the same time, there are so many firsts that haven't happened yet. And that's that's what's inspiring to me. And that's what I think is so cool about being a dad. Um, and just the prospect of Arya growing up and, and watching that unfold, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes me think of actually one of the questions I had. I went back and listened to your episode number one uh, which was a blast. And so you said I reminded you of something you hadn't thought about in a while. In the first episode, you said part of your goal for the Dad Chronicle was to be a log for yourself, to be kind of an audio blog, to keep track of being a dad. Have you gone back and visited old content that you made yet? Or is that something that has been fallen on the wayside as you've been putting out more and more information? Yeah, that's something that you, I'd say the latter. Like, I really haven't taken a ton of time to go back and listen to content. I actually, the only time I listen back through shows is when I'm editing them. Once they're published, I don't ever go back and listen to it. And that's really just due to the sheer volume of stuff that I put out between the Dad Chronicle, Joystick and Mouse, all the streaming stuff I do, my day job, and then being a dad and, you know, being a husband, of course. Um, I don't ever really take time to go back and listen to it. That said, you're now making me think that that is probably something worth doing. I, I oftentimes, um, what, one of my personal struggles is that I get so far in the weed of things that I don't necessarily look at the forest beyond the tree. You know what I mean? So um, I think that there's an opportunity to to go back and like, yeah, you know what? Let's go back to to episode one through five or six or whatever it was where it was just solo and I, I wasn't interviewing dads. It was really a logging of my experience of becoming a dad. Man, that would be a, that would be an interesting trip. I think, I don't know. Yeah, you you think, listening to it, like what, what, Oh yeah. And it was, and it you was knowing really me now. great. It was, it was those first episodes were kind of the, um, anticipating dad. It was the, it was, you weren't yet, yet a dad yet. Deanna was pregnant. Um, and I think, uh, and it, it's not a lot. I think you could probably listen through that on you know the night before um Arya's birthday each year would be a really cool way oh, to re-experience cool. that yeah great um, idea and and remind yourself uh w- with that in mind again so knowing that you haven't gone back and listened to stuff i want to ask you about stuff that stuck with you um and i think i'm going to frame it sort of the positive and negative side so and, and uh, don't misconstrued negative. I'm going to say uh, positive side we'll start with. Can you think of sort of the three lessons that jump out to you that you remember through these 80 odd interviews? What are the three things and you remember learning and sticking with you and maybe who told you if you can recall that too? Oh man. Um, I don't know if I can necessarily pull out like, hey, somebody said a thing that I that really resonated because really what I found is that there there tends to be patterns of of knowledge and, and education that that I experience in this. So I would say one of the themes is patience. Um, that's one thing I've learned a lot about uh, patience for yourself, for your child, for your spouse, your partner, whoever that is. Um, because like, like one of the, one of the resounding pieces of, of patience is just knowing that like when something goes wrong, that you can, that, that it's not necessarily that person's fault. It's, it's just their state of mind at the, at that moment. Right. So, so I think along with that is, is a, is a second piece communication, which, uh, which is a very prevalent piece to, um, to this 
so when you're having conversations with your spouse and, and even your, your child, you know, it's that essence of patience in the conversation and, and that you're being fully transparent and open. Um, those are a couple of themes. Um, and in fact, like there have been a couple of people. So, so Gary Fisher, who, you know, uh, well, is the episode right before this, like, and, and this just comes to mind very, um, you know, at top of mind because I just edited it. So he, uh, so, so with his conversation, one of the things that he talked about was, you know, how he and his wife kind of would, would have these situations where his wife would blow up and, the, and, you know, as they, as they've grown older and matured, they've ended up like this, that's not really been a problem anymore. So I think also realizing that as you grow old with your partner, you know, God willing that you end up, uh, there, there, you guys grow as a couple, you grow as an individual, you grow as a parent. So I'd say those, those three things have, have kind of been prevalent themes, right? So patience, communication, and growth, um, and all that really is, those are that's really a big experience about being a parent, right? Like you, you want to, um, you want to experience growth. You don't want to be stagnant. Like I can't imagine being the same person here today that I will be in, you know, ten years when Arya's going to be a teenager, ten plus years. So that, to me, like I, I hope that I grow. I hope that I become more patient. And I think that's been the beauty of this is hearing perspectives from a variety of people um, on how they went through that transformation and, and how they exhibit those behaviors today. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And I think themes are a great way to describe that given the just the volume of conversations you've had about fatherhood and, and, the, and the various conversations you've had. Let me ask you, I'd said the sort of the negative side of it, and this is less you know, something bad, but more, what have you either tried because of interviews and the blog or you've realized is a shortcoming? So I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. What have you tried and failed at or what have you realized I could improve on um, because of the conversations you've been having with dads throughout the years? Yeah, I would say one of the things that I'm constantly trying to remind myself of is just being present in the moment. And um, there are ways that I do that really well. There are ways that I fail at it miserably. <laughs> and I think that a lot of that has to do, I think a lot, um, I, when I go back to uh, Dr. Michael Rucker's uh, story, where he came on and talked about the science of fun. One of the things that he talks about is this productivity porn. <laughs> like all of us are constantly on the go and this is very much an american thing like we we go 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 we work and we have goals and i think that's okay but also i think that um and the, here's another uh kind of pulling back from old episodes but justin buckner who um is an old buddy of mine we used to play world of warcraft together and we still do but he um he coaches, you know, high school football. He's a teacher for high schoolers. And he talks about having, you know, your priorities in order. And when you follow that priority system, you uh, you achieve happiness. And, and that priority system really should be, you know, family first. Some of those things like that he talks about. I oftentimes, sometimes, well, I wouldn't say oftentimes. I need to give myself more credit than that. I would say I uh, I recognize when I don't put family first and I'm constantly working. Um, I have a tendency to, you know, want to pursue the things that I'm passionate about and without taking into consideration what that does to Deanna or to Aria and the time that I spend with them. Um, so I, I, uh, think about, you know, Michael Rucker's conversation where he talks about being purposeful with your time. So, I make it a point that, you know, when Aria comes home from school, like she goes to daycare during the day, she's there right now, that I end up taking time, uh, put my phone down, put my phone away, and really make it purposeful time that I spend with her. So um, does that always, is that always the case every single night? No, I like, I'll just end up looking down and then all of a sudden the next thing I know, I'm like, you know looking through my entire email and it's been 30 minutes and I'm like, well, 
damn it. Like I, I, you have to catch yourself. So I think, um, in some ways I, I fail at that, but I also recognize that it's a problem and I try to take steps to, it's a work in progress, but you know, what isn't right? Like if, if we have problems, it's, it's always going to be a work in progress. As long as we're recognizing it, I think that that's a, a big part of it. Right. Yeah. Actually, um, being a work in progress is a, a good step above what having problems can be when they're bad, which is we have a problem and we either don't care or don't realize it. And, and, you know, we get that information from the world and it slips right past us. So knowing, you know, knowing that there's a challenge and being able to work with it is a great way to great way to express that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let me ask you about just the specifics. And I know in the last year you've had some exciting interviews, but what would you say, not so much of lessons learned, but just interviews that you've enjoyed or been excited about and that you feel like you personally got a lot out of? Ooh, um, a few come to mind. Um, and actually it's really like a span of time. So really starting with Brian Brushwood, I I would say that that interview kind of started a, a domino effect of just crazy awesome interviews with amazing people not to not to take anything away from people that I I spoke to before because I've had like there have been some people that I've had these incredible conversations with like I think back to Steve Bullington to uh Stephen Story uh, both who have very you know challenging situations with kids with um between autism cerebral palsy um you know uh, a bunch of other disabilities so Taking that into consideration, those were just great conversations, and I encourage people to listen to them. But just from a, um, like feeling like I am hitting a wider net, uh, and and being able to share people's stories with a wider net, it really started with Brian, um, because after that, you know, all of you folks on America's Next Top Podcaster, so like having you on the show, having uh, Brad, Jerry, um, Scott Johnson, Brian Ibbett. Brian Dunaway, uh, I had Hammond, and who else can I name drop? Steven Schleicher, <laughs> um, Dan Patrice, like all these people uh, that have just, oh, and Wendy Dunford. Like that was probably one of the coolest conversations between Wendy and, um, and Jerry Tolbert, just with their influence from a medical perspective, it set me on a whole new course with what I do with the dad chronicle, which is instead of just telling stories and just telling stories might be a negative way of putting it instead of, you know, only sharing conversations uh, between fathers, I'm providing insight on parenting best practices and advice from licensed professionals. And this goes right back to a lot of the conversations that you and I have had about podcasting. Like where can I add value value? Such Mm -hmm. an important thing to me that, that is where I felt like just so, so much gratification with this show that I'm, I'm giving back to the world. And this is kind of my, my means, uh, to give back to the community of parents out there who, you know, need help. I think that, and, and I hope, I hope I'm doing it right. I, I, I think I'm doing it right. So <laughs> see, I'm not sure you can do it wrong. If you give that information out freely and let people do with it what they will, I think that's a great way to, share with the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. So let me ask you about the things you've learned as a dad that have been independent of the show. So have you been looking at any books? I know my experience before I had kids, I was looking at books all the time. And once I had kids, my interaction with books changed a lot because there was a real, you know, experiment living with me. Um, but do you, have you been learning anything from books or from other sources besides these conversations that you think has been impacting your skill and ability as a father? Um, there, so I'm not much of a reader. Uh, people who listen to my shows over the years, they, they know that I, I make a joke oftentimes that reading is against my religion. And that's just, that, that's just a way of saying that I suck at reading. <laughs> I'm just not consistent. But every once in a while, there are books that really catch my attention. Um, one of those books is called The Power of Intention. Um, by, oh gosh, if you guys Google it, you'll find it. Um, Dr. God, okay, hold on, hold on. Everybody at home, just hold on. 
the power of intention. It is Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I think I talked about this actually with, um, with, uh, Michael Rucker, but anyway, so, so this was really cool because, you know, it really brings forward like this power of intention in sort of like a spiritual way. So really calling upon your ability to be intentional with your time, um, it helps you really achieve your goals. So in that sense, I have physically and verbally said, I intend to spend my time with Aria tonight. I intend to be fully dedicated to spending time with my wife here at dinner tonight. Like th- those are sort of the things that that I've taken away from that. And that has actually, like there's something about that uh, by calling out for that intention that has um, really helped me stay present in the moment, kind of calling back to something that I've learned. Um, another piece, and this is a little bit maybe non-conventional, but like just osmosis, like watching other people and the way that they parent their kids, that they exhibit patience, compassion, empathy. Uh, th- those are sort of like I, I watch people like uh, like Scott Johnson, for instance, like with his kids and his grandkids. Like I love the way that he and Kim uh, parent their kids. They're just great, great parents. They're great examples of somebody that, you know, I, I've met somewhat recently that I haven't looked up to all of my life, like my own father, the other father figures in my life, and, and that perspective on it has just been, uh, it, it's reaffirming in a lot of cases to what I grew up with. And it's also helped me learn a lot of different ways to interact with my kids. Um, so that, that's been really fun to watch. And again, osmosis, like through this show, it, it really has like, I know you asked like outside of the show, but, but this show has really helped me. I think that when I think about the dad chronicle, like the dad in this case is me <laughs> and it's, it's really trying to uh, learn and I, and I want to bring folks along with me on this learning journey. That's great. That's a wonderful way to put that. And it it makes me think of uh, a question that I don't think I've ever heard you address or I've, I certainly haven't talked to you about before, but there's a lot of, and I don't know if it infects the dad internet, but you know, in the mom internet, like mom blogs and podcasts for, for moms, there's a lot of back and forth, uh, judging and stress. And I'm wondering if you've experienced any sort of, and your presence is not one that judges people and tells them they're doing it wrong, but have you encountered any of that as you get more well-known in the internet and as a, you know, dad, as your brand? Um, not yet. Not yet. I haven't, I haven't really experienced that yet. The only thing that I'm kind of judgy about <laughs> is just this whole topic of vaccinations. We don't have to get into that today, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've addressed that a few different times on this show. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in the philosophy of, hey, if you're not hurting me or my kids or my loved ones, do your thing. Like, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Like, you at, at your core know what's best for your kids. And I think that that's what I take forward with this show, um, to, to trust your gut as a parent, because we're all trusting our gut. This is the first time that we're doing this. There are some principled things that, that can be taken away, such as love, compassion, empathy, some of these things. And I think at our core as human beings, we have the ability to, uh, experience that and share that with our kids and even overcome situations where we may be scarred to uh, shift our thinking. So if you have an abusive relationship with your parents, um, understanding that and now um, shifting that mindset, not bringing that that hatred into uh, your experience with your children, um, I, I think that we are all capable of that. So with that in mind, yeah, just like, don't be a jerk. <laughs> like that's really That's really my <laughs> mantra for things. Don't be a jerk to yourself, to your kids, to others. Um, and you know, if, if people listening to this have a problem with whatever it is that, that I do or say, or whatever on the internet, you know, that's fine. This is totally an opinion piece. Uh, I don't necessarily, uh, agree with everybody else's decisions about things. Um, and welcome that dialogue, obviously too. I think that the more we approach issues, 
and discussions around important topics like parenting and best practices, vaccination. I think that that's where we um, progress as as a society. And so I, I hope that this that these conversations open up that dialogue. So I've had I've had nothing but good conversations, like meaningful conversations with listeners. I've never had anybody, you know, throw me a, a shady email like you mother effer, you you can't talk about that that way. Because I think I'm also a very reasonable person. <laughs> I mean I mean I think I'm a reasonable person, but it's uh I, I hope that comes across in the show. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And I think that I'm reasonable too. Some people will tell me that I'm not at times or rational, I guess. Hey, you're, um, you're, I don't know. I mean, we've known each other for almost a year now at this point. I think that you're pretty yeah. rational. Oh, sure. No, I, I actually enjoy being irrational at times. I was trying to crack a joke about how silly I can be. Well, I, um, but, but you see like that, uh, I think sometimes being irrational is a good thing. Because, like, what's life if you if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, live a little bit every once in a while right. and, and kind of go beyond it, your You beliefs. know, joy is not a rational thing. And, yeah. uh, and And that's something that comes through certainly in your social media posts where you mention or show Aria. And when you talk about her, there's, there's a clear joy there that you are enjoying being a father, which is great. I have one last question, um, not so much about being a father. But when I listened to those early episodes, I realized that in an ideal situation, being a dad starts with being a partner. And that an integral part of the dad experience um, is not just you and your child, but the relationship between you and the mother of your child and the two of you and your child. So... A, a twist on the earlier question, um, what has this podcast done for you and your connection and relationship with Deanna? Um, wow, that's a, that's a really good question. So I think one of the cool things about this show is that, well, first of all, Deanna listens to every single episode. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. At least like 99% of them. Cause we talk about it <laughs> and, uh, and she even joins me on some of the conversations. And I think that what this has done is it's helped us as a catalyst to open up about conversations about some of these topics where, you know, like we will align on, you know, what's best for Aria, um, talk about our experience doing that on this show. Um, for instance, like the daycare thing, like when we started daycare, like that was really hard for us on a couple of levels. Um, and, and that was just, that helped instigate the conversation um, and really put the conversation out there. Uh, so I, I think that, like, like when I think about this show um, for Deanna and me, I, I would say it's helped us become stronger partners in the way that we align on parenting. Not only that, but also the way that we want to just be transparent about how. Um, how we handle certain things and, and hopefully that provides value to people, um, who, who need some guidance, um, on maybe, maybe a way that they should overcome a situation. Um, so overall it's been a, it's been a positive experience and, you know, Deanna and I are high school sweethearts and she's, I, I, she's, I've known her longer than I haven't known her, which is a weird Mm -hmm. thing. Um, and we can oftentimes, butt heads about things because we're both very strong-willed individuals. But at the same time, we always recognize what's most important for us as a family unit, for each other as partners, and for for Aria as our daughter. And um I couldn't I like I couldn't imagine doing this parenting thing with anybody else except her. Cause she's just yeah, she's like you can't even put it in words. Like I, I don't know. I can't even say it. Like for once, I actually can't put into words how that feels. That's weird. Never been. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's uh, that was the last question I wanted to ask, and I think it might be perfect to just leave you speechless at the end of your own podcast. Damn it! Damn it, Joe. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question back at you. Okay. Um, what? Okay, so so with your own 
parenting experience. Um, you know, and you have been on this show, uh, in, in the past, uh, like what are some of the, the, the biggest things that you, um, I guess are, are continuing to learn as a parent and, mm-hmm. and, uh, continuing to grow as an individual. Okay. First, uh, before I answer that, I just want to acknowledge that I was doing the math in my head to see if I was before or after the Brian Brushwood like pivotal interview. Like, if was I part of the great ones afterwards, or as I, in pretty the sure you were after. I I'm going to imagine that no matter what. Yeah. Um, so things that I'm still growing as as a parent. Um, so my wife Leah and I we we have a shared philosophy that it's our job to create good people and being a good person is being able to have good relationships, being able to be a good citizen, being able to contribute you know, to society through work or helping other people. And one of the things that I am constantly working on balancing is making space for my child to be a child and have fun especially now my son is 12 he's playing Fortnite a ton i play video games with him we play board games and hang out and um he's getting a little bit uh you know a little bit of that young boy arrogance and like you know he can totally wipe me off the plate with Fortnite and board games are getting to be an even match but i still remind him that when we're doing sports he's asked me to go easy on him for you know the past eight years um and so his you know his shouldn't feel too great about those wins because someday i'm going to actually keep playing i'm going to play hard <laughs> um and then i learned from my uncle the day that he beats me when i legitimately play hard is the day that i give up that event um <laughs> my uncle stopped running the day his son beat his marathon time wow um, which, which I, i'm not sure if that's a completely true story but it fits my uncle's personality um But so I'm trying to balance the being playful and having fun and and enjoying my relationship with my kids. Both of my children, my my son and daughter are just amazing, wonderful kids and and wonderful people. But balance that with the self-appointed job of, okay, I need to help make sure that you are going to be a good person and a productive person. And that means sometimes I need to set down some rules strictly yeah and sometimes i need to you know hold you accountable for tasks and balancing that uh has is an ongoing challenge partially because um i want to hold them to a high standard and sometimes i get called out for holding them holding them to a higher standard than i hold myself at times like cleaning up your you know clean up your junk in the living room and then my wife will look at me and go, whose who's soda bottles are over there? Um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, it, but that's not a bad thing. I, I, I want Arya to be the better person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I'm right there with you. I, would, I, don't, I want both of my kids to be better than me in so many ways. And, and honestly, uh, things like you said before, it helps me aspire to be a better person, to help be a role model, as well as pushing them. Um, so for me, the the learning and growing is a lot about how do I manage this dual relationship with a person that I want to have a strong and lasting relationship for the rest of my life, mm. as well as someone who's you know, uh, kind of a not a client, but they're they're a product. They're like I need to be responsible for helping them. You know, it's a training job in some regards and <laughs> yeah how do i balance that and uh, sometimes when i feel like i'm not being the best dad i think it's when i feel like i'm i've been a little bit too hard on them um yeah and that's one um one of the realities for me and you, know, you and i have talked about this in the past is that there are times when i mess up and it has a direct consequence on my kid and i think that impacts me a hundred times more than when I mess up and it's just a personal consequence. Yeah. Um, I think that ripple effect, like, I get it. I, I totally get it. 
I, I know exactly oh. what you mean. And, and I, I don't mean to flip the script here because I'm asking you questions now <laughs> and it's meant to be my interview, but I can't help <laughs> myself. There, there, was one, there was one last thing that I wanted to ask. I mean, going back through and listening through some of these older episodes and, and some of the other stuff that I've done, um, did you learn anything as you were going through that? Hmm. Let's see. I I focused on listening to just the ones that you did solo, and really those the first ones during pregnancy. Um, one thing, I mean, not a, a big lesson, but I I didn't realize uh, uh, that you're Catholic and and your Catholic faith. That was a really interesting data point, and I'm Catholic as well, so that was fun to to listen to that. Um, and I was actually gonna, so I'll flip it right back at you. I was gonna yeah. ask you, um, and I had paused on this about uh your faith i mean aria is probably right about the age where um there'll be some sort of sunday school offering for her have you how has the parenthood impact interacted with your faith as you've been uh, going these past few years it's always been so we've been bad about going to church i mean bottom mm -hmm. line like we it's really just it's bad because like we know we should be going at the same time it's tough taking a kid to church where she just wants to run around and and we there's no excuse really like oh, yeah. you should really 75 percent of my issues of being a tough dad happen in the pew over the past 10 years where i've been determined that my kids are going to actually not disturb other people in right. church yeah and it's that and you know her she just has a tendency to want to like talk about things and you and that's so sweet but not in church yeah. uh, but right. like it but it, i think as an underlying and this is the beauty of of religion and, and at least the way i see catholicism is that it it um i tend to align a lot with like the jesuit side of catholicism where you have um you know it's that whole what would jesus do there's a lot of compassion empathy love understanding and um we try to exhibit that as an underlying piece of what we do in parenting every single day. And, and I think that hopefully that comes across with, with, uh, with, with Aria as she's growing up, whether we're going to church or not on a regular basis. So that's one piece. And we will be putting her in Sunday school, like, you know, whenever CCD is, um, you know, we want her to experience the faith. And if, you know, and and hopefully she stays strong with the faith. And if not, you know, that's her that's her call. We can do we can do whatever we we can for that. Um, but I, I think that a big part of religion at its core is instilling proper values. And for me, the way I see my religion in in the Catholic faith is all around love, compassion, empathy, understanding, forgiveness. Those are those are such powerful virtues to have, and, and I think that um, you know if you look at today's uh, outlook on religion, there's that's that's not as prevalent in um, in a lot of the way popular culture depicts religion. Um, a lot of bigotry, a lot of um, "dost thou protest too much" <laughs> sort of situation, mm -hmm. um, shunning of LGBTQ, uh, where. As like I see it as like God loves you no matter what, and, and far be it from like who who is a priest or um, anybody in a religious position to shun you otherwise. You're a human being. You're God's creation. You're loved. Like that is just the way I see it. Um, and and I I oftentimes get discouraged like when I hear a lot of people saying. Oh, religion's a bad thing. Because I think that without religion as sort of a backbone to what I have what my parents had taught me and, and what I experienced growing up with the faith, um, I'm not sure that I would have have experienced and witnessed so much love and compassion and, and all the, the virtues that I've talked about before. Um uh, that that's my Catholic faith anyway. I think that others may have different opinions, but we'll leave it at that, I guess. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, rolling back to answering your question, what did I learn besides, you know, interesting things about you? Um, yeah, I think actually, I mean, I folded it into the question, the, the realization, and it's one of those things that is you know, pointing out that trees get leaves in the springtime. I should have noticed this years ago. 
but the realization that you know being a dad is as much about being a partner as it is having a child and how that came out in your early episodes that was something that jumped to me and reminded me of the importance of the relationship and and one of the things i'm conscious of and thought about when asking that question is i you know, have uh, empathy and, and just amazement for people that are raising children by themselves um yeah and 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 i'm so thankful to be in a situation like like you are where i feel like we've got a solid um relationship um similar to you my wife and i took five years uh, but to get married but we we met at a concert when we were in our 20s and then deliberately said we're not going to have kids for five years because we just knew we knew we were getting married like a couple months later but didn't want to have kids so we could get to know each other yeah um but that uh you know experience being an adult actually i say for me, I would like to be the whiny, irrational one in the relationship for a while before we invite another irrational, <laughs> crying person into the family. Um, but uh, yeah, but being able to have that that foundation for parenting um, is real. I feel so fortunate to have that and remind myself the, to be grateful for for that reality. Love it, man. Love it, man. You did a great job interviewing me. I mean, I'm not surprised. I just appreciated the, uh, I appreciated the questions you asked and the conversation that ensued, I think was, was a lot of fun and, and very thoughtful. So, so thanks for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. I thoroughly enjoy it. It was, uh, it was really great. And I mean, one of the fun things for me with an interview is, is the prep and figuring it out. And it was neat to go back and listen to your stuff. If nothing else today, you should at least listen to the intro of your first episode. Or actually, let me ask you this at the end of this one, pop on the intro just the very opening of your first episode because it is uh i hate to say this to you it was adorable <laughs> <laughs> oh such a young alex such a young naive <laughs> didn't know what he was he didn't know what he was gonna get into <laughs> uh well but joe why don't we why don't you take a second though to uh to pimp your stuff let people know where they can reach you yeah absolutely um you can find me uh, commenting on all sorts of things on Twitter. It's at J-H-O-U-D-E. Um, if you're interested in leadership development, uh, strategy execution, and and building relationships, my business website is joehood.com. And that's also a, a hub where you can find the other things I'm doing. I am doing interviews for the Network Leader podcast. Actually, the Network Leader is my book. The podcast is Mandatory Cocktail Hour, and that's been on a bit of a hiatus. I've had a lot of life happening over the past few months, yeah. but I've got some great interviews banked in that, including people that listeners would know. I talked to Jenny Josephson recently and uh, had a great time chatting with her, and I'm going to get that up. And um, podcast work and writing the network leader i mentioned is a place where i'm doing some writing on social networks and the science behind them and how that shapes our leadership and that's um you can go there and sign up for my newsletter and look for my occasional publications on that i think those are the main places cool you can find me on the internet nowadays love it man well thank you again for for taking the time uh out on on a busy friday i'm sure to uh to interview me this was so much fun Oh, Take you're welcome. It was a blast. All right. So normally I would just end the episode here, but as you heard, uh, it's probably a good idea to go back and reflect on that first episode. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and play for you now the very first episode of the Dad Chronicle in case you haven't heard it yet. Here you go. Guys, I'm going to be a dad. If you've been following me on social media, you probably know at this point that Deanna and I are expecting to have a kid. And I wanted to create a podcast project. This project is meant to be a way for Deanna and I to reflect on the experiences that we're having throughout this pregnancy. Uh, through the good times and the bad, we want to remember 
uh, this journey that we're about to go on. My name is Alex Albisu. I'm a geek, a gamer, a podcaster, and a musician. I'm also a husband to my loving wife, Deanna. Deanna and I have been together for 12 years. Wow, it's weird to think about that. We've been together since high school. We didn't go to the same high school, but we lived just down the street from one another. We were separated in high school. We were also separated in college. We stayed together uh, even though we each attended different universities. I attended George Mason University. Deanna attended Christopher Newport University down in Newport News, Virginia. Long-distance relationships are hard, and we definitely had our struggles, but in the end, it was worth it. I was living with my roommate Ryan at the time when I told him that I wanted to ask Deanna to marry me. And it was one of those reactions like, oh, what took you so long? Duh. And I knew, I knew from back in high school that Deanna was going to be my wife, the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. It's kind of funny when you just kind of look at somebody and you say, yeah, you know, that that's the person. That's the one. Deanna and I got married on September 21st, 2013. It was a beautiful wedding. It was a beautiful reception, even though it rained during the reception. But we were surrounded by almost 200 of our closest friends and family, um, a bunch of loud Cubans, a bunch of loud Italians mixed in a room. Uh, makes for a really great party. We knew we wanted to have kids, but we knew that it wasn't the right time for us to have kids right away after getting married. We know that that's the right choice for a lot of people out there. It just wasn't for us. We wanted to have a focus on our careers, on um, you know traveling, exploring life together as a married couple. So instead of having a kid right away, we got a dog. Our first dog, her name is Bailey. Bailey's a black lab mixed with something. We don't really know what, but... She's a vocal, uh, loud dog. Not that she barks a lot, only when people come to the door. More so, she talks back to us. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog talk back to you, but it's like a kid giving you lip. Oftentimes, I'll look at her and say, Bailey, don't you give me lip, and she'll just moan and, and keep talking back to me. She's got a really funny personality. And we had Bailey for almost a year, and we had the conversation around, you know, are we ready to have kids? Are we at that point? And we said, no, we want another dog. So along came Finn. Finn is, we don't even know where to begin. Finn is a yellow lab-looking something. Some people, uh, like my in-laws, have shown me a picture of a dog called a Chinook. You can Google that and see what a Chinook looks like. He kind of looks like a Chinook, also has a little bit of the features of a beagle anyway. Finn is a very special dog as well. Um, These two are rescues, and they have some of the most amazing personalities. And one of the biggest things that uh, attracted Deanna and me to Finn was when we met him, he immediately curled up right next to Deanna and wouldn't leave her. And that's when we knew that he needed to be part of our family. It's been just the four of us, Bailey, Finn, Deanna, me, and we've been living a really happy life. Honestly, I'm very content and and happy with uh, having a couple dogs that are just so loyal and and loving um, Deanna's kicking butt at her job and doing a lot of incredible things. And we've been traveling a lot. We went to Italy. We spent about a week and plus, maybe a week and a half in Rome. And we knew that we wanted to do that before we started having kids. We've been traveling, and the first thing that people told me was, get your traveling in before you start having kids, because it's not going to happen once you have kids. And I believe that. I think that you know, you take time for yourself, um, and that's what Deanna and I believed in, and we're glad that we did. Because right after that, we decided that we should start trying to have kids. While we were in Rome, we knew the time was coming when we would start to try to have a family. A family in the sense of, you know, having kids, not a couple of fur babies. Anyway, while we were in Rome, something pretty incredible happened. And, you know, take it for what it is. But for me, it really solidified my faith. And I feel like it did have an impact on our lives. Deanna and I are Catholic, and going to Rome, we were able to see all the major basilicas, and we were 
uh, part of the Jubilee year. So the Jubilee celebration allows you to walk through some of the holy doors in the uh, four major basilicas. We also took a tour of um, the Vatican in general. We went to the Sistine Chapel where uh, people were taking pictures and uh, then you'd have the priest come up to the microphone and yell at people for taking pictures. That was all funny. But one of the things that happened when that priest went up to the mic, he said, we're doing confession here in the corner or you can have an audience with the priest. I looked at Deanna and I wanted to get a priest's blessing. I knew that if we were going to have kids, I felt I felt compelled to have some kind of blessing given by the priest. Deanna and I stood in line. Our tour group was waiting. They knew that we were in line to get uh, the blessing from the priest, and they were willing to, to wait around. We were actually with a bunch of other Catholics, which made it a lot easier. Once we got up to the priest, we explained that we were going to be starting a family. And so the priest asked us to hold hands, so we did. He put his hands up and we bowed our heads. And what happened next is really actually pretty remarkable. I don't know if you've ever been to the Sistine Chapel, but it's not as big as you think. But one of the things that really stands out is just the amazing art. The architecture obviously is beautiful, but the art is amazing. You have these pictures of some really formidable looking, you know, angels and then saints. And it's, as a Catholic, it's something that, you know, you really appreciate. And maybe it's in the the heat of the moment. You know, I'm, I feel very Catholic going in there, but I did feel a presence kind of coming off of the priest as he was blessing us. He said some words, but the thing that really caught my attention was the tremendous amount of heat emanating from his hands. Now look, I mean, physics, taking physics into account, you know, if somebody's hot enough, they emit heat. I'm, But I'm like, talk, guys, I'm talking like, this was hot. I can't explain it. Like, if you hold your hand up next to your face, like right now I'm holding my hand up next to my face. I mean, I don't really feel that much residual heat. Like, this was like somebody almost holding a hairdryer up to my head. I felt something that day and Deanna didn't necessarily feel it, but I felt it. And to me, I feel like that has been a presence of God in our lives since that moment. Because we asked for the priest to bless us as we start a family, I do feel blessed by God to have been given this opportunity to be a father. Over the next coming weeks and months, I'm going to be sharing with you Deanna and my experience as we go through this pregnancy. Things will probably be tough. Tears may be shed. Who knows what happens? I am so excited to go on this journey. I've always wanted to be a dad, and now I'm finally given this opportunity. Deanna and I are going to the doctors next week to hear our baby's heartbeat for the very first time. Until then, we ask for your thoughts, your prayers, whatever good mojo you want to send our way. We really appreciate that, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.